want the Big Ten Championship. And we're going to win it as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. When the old season is over, you and I know it's going to be Michigan again. Michigan. Okay, everybody, our long national nightmare of a wait, uh, regional nightmare, I guess we'll call it, of a wait is over. The Big Ten is back, and I guess so is Run Past Michigan. Uh, I am Nick Baumgartner, of course, along with Austin Meek here. We hope you're doing well out there. Uh, Austin, big news today, obviously, that we all sort of expected. The Big Ten, in fact, has decided to restart uh, a fall season in 2020. The league will start the weekend of uh, October 23rd, October 24th. Good to see they got that Friday game in there, possibly. So I guess we'll see how that, but, but your initial thoughts before we get into all of this on sort of the situation as it sits today, sort of what we just went through over the last month. I mean, obviously, we've ne- you and I both, we've never seen anything like that. That was a crazy month on all levels, but just sort of your opening thoughts here on how things are sitting. Tell you what, Nick. I've had some surreal days here in 2020. This one definitely ranks up near the top of the list. I was standing uh, on the steps of the state capitol this morning (laughs) at a a news conference with survivors of of former Michigan Dr. Robert Anderson. Uh, I was wearing my mask. I was socially distanced. I was scrolling through my phone reading the the breaking news reports that the, the Big Ten was coming back to play in October. Just totally... Totally surreal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, I think I think back to when we recorded our last episode, which I think was right after the Big Ten announced yeah. that it was definitely not going to play in the fall right. and definitely not going to revisit it, which right. that didn't age very well. Uh, but I just remember, you know, that was a that was a pretty somber day. Uh, yes. I think both of us were, you know, I think we understood at some level why it was happening, but still, it's, it was it was disappointing. Uh, today, I have to say, you know, I'm not like, you know, banging the drum and leading the parade like we're back because yeah. there's a lot of stuff that has to get figured out. And I think, you know, we all understand that uh, we're still in a pandemic. Like this is not mm-hmm. just smooth sailing back to October 24th in the first weekend of games, but we have a pathway back to that. The Big Ten has a plan, which they yeah, didn't have yeah, yes. uh, five weeks ago when they made a decision. So I think that you know, I, I feel um, cautiously optimistic today versus just you know pretty pretty bummed out about it five weeks ago. Yeah, I mean that's a great way to put it. I mean it was such a brutal day for everyone, and when you talk to folks that day, it was you know we'll know more at a later date, right? And it was we'll know more about the virus at a later date. We'll know more about testing availability at a later date. If rapid testing becomes available, we'll know more about that. And, and when they initially said all this stuff and sort of put the the time frame or the window uh, in, you know, what, in the spring or in the winter, it was for a lot of people just they weren't going to, you know, they weren't going to hear that. I mean, it was just no. Like, and there were a lot of people that were on the side of the fence that thought, you know, this was all a bunch of BS and this virus isn't real. And that side of that fence continues to exist today. Uh, although, I mean, to be clear, I mean, what's real here is that, you know, five weeks or whatever it's been later, we did see, you know, um, an improvement in testing. We did see, you know, the availability, obviously, of rapid testing now that's going to be folded into this whole thing here, which was, at the end of the day, I think the final uh, sort of hurdle Um for them, and we've talked a ton about you know the early stages of this whole thing back in the summer about you know how you know you're asking these kids to go through a really ridiculous 
uh, situation without, you know, they're not being paid like professional athletes, everything else, blah, blah, blah. We've seen opt-outs. We've seen everything else. We've also seen a lot of players and coaches who've said, we're we're willing to try it if you want us to, you know, if you're going to let us have a chance. So I think that's the big thing. It was, you know, as much as this became a political back and forth, and obviously you have a presidential race happening here and uh, our president trying to get into, uh, you know, some politicking that was just whatever. I think that was addressed today on the Kevin Warren call, but ultimately... You know, they were surveying surveying the landscape and, you know, I don't think any door was ever finally shut back in early August. It's just people got so loud so fast that everything sort of went off the rails. And then here we are, you know, a month later and it's back into the same spot, which was possible at the time, but you didn't know. And so for a lot of folks, I, I'm, I'm sure today was, you know, a big relief in terms of sort of anxiety and and mental, what have you. I mean, even for kids who might've been on the fence of, you know, whether or not they want to play this year or want to try, if they want to opt out, stay in, whatever, you know, today at least gives them some clarity and, you know, allows them to help make that decision. I think that's important to know too, Austin. This wasn't a universal, like every single player in college football standing on a table screaming, I want to play. There was a lot of kids who were like, I I need to know what you're doing. Like in that ultimately, like you said at the very beginning here, they have a plan. They didn't have a plan five weeks ago. It took five weeks to get here, but at least we're here now. They do have a plan. Whether or not it works always remains to be seen, but that feels that feels much better than it did on August 11th or whatever day that was. When, when I mean, you and I talked, and it was like we might be sitting here on August 11th, 2021, talking about the same stuff as far as we know because it looked kind of dire at that point on that day. Right. It's hard to know what effect, if any, came from the coaches and the and the players who were yeah, yeah. so outspoken and frankly critical of of the league. I mean, you know, we don't you don't see that very often. People in positions of power in the league like Ryan Day and Scott Frost coming out and and publicly criticizing the league. And we saw all across the co- conference including here, you know, I was on the protest beat there for a while. I was covering <laughs> the march across campus, uh, you know, of the players saying let us play. Yeah. Uh whether any of that really registered with uh, with Kevin Warren or with the university presidents, it's hard to say. I, you know, I don't I don't think that they're going to come out and admit that they caved to public pressure if that's what they did. Yeah, uh, it's it's more complicated than that. Uh, obviously, the advances in rapid testing are are significant. Uh, you know, the concerns that we were hearing about myocarditis, the the heart. Uh, inflammation, you know, those have seemed to be um, you know not as uh, not as worrisome as they appeared five weeks ago. So, you know, a lot has um, a lot has evolved in the time since the Big Ten made its initial decision. I you know I think that it underscores the fact that whatever else we say about the Big Ten, they made a mistake oh, yeah. by. Yeah coming out as early as they did and giving the impression that they were giving up on on the fall season. You know, I, right. I think if they had said at the time, we're not there yet, there's more we need to figure out, we're going to hit the pause button, but we still hope we can play this fall, I think people would have, you know, I think people would have accepted that. Not everybody. There still would have been people upset by it. But I think that that would have gone over much better than than what they did, which was just a you know an ominous and a poorly explained decision that, that left a lot of people upset. Yeah, it was interesting yesterday. Mark, and you wrote about this. Uh, Mark Schlissel had that uh, call or Zoom, you know, Q and A with uh, I believe it was a professor at Michigan. I didn't mm-hmm. catch the guy's name. Yeah. Um, and you know, they they kind of talked about a lot of things. And at one point, it was brought up on there, you know. 
that they were sort of expressing kind of like sideways, we're sorry, you know, about like being really poor at communicating. It had nothing to do with football specifically, but I think it was kind of an all umbrella thing. And at some point someone had said, you know, this being a really extremely hectic and crazy and out of control and whatever summer that where there was a lot going on really is, an ex- is not an excuse. Mm-hmm. The communication was was not what it needed to be. And, you know, you can ask for understanding from folks only so much, I think, in this sort of setting. I think that's what we've all sort of learned here, right, is that we all sort of operate in the pandemic and understand that when we're dealing with somebody else, no matter what it is, um, we know that that person, too, is going through, you know, the, the pandemic and all the stresses that come with that, the same as we are or I am or you are, whoever else. But there's also a level of like, yeah, but if you have information that they need to sort of survive through this on their own, then you need to sort of find a way to sort of grind through it yourself and get that information communicated. And that that didn't happen in the summer. And that didn't happen on a football level. That did not happen for any of these league schools, you know, once those, and we go all the way back to June when they, when they brought them back in June without a plan. And that's the reckless and sort of careless thing here where a lot of fur got raised. And that was the stuff where I sort of, you know, uh, we said it the whole time. I understood it. I got it. Um, Sometimes it got a little too loud. I felt like sometimes it got a little bit far, you know, off the, off the path of like, what are you guys really arguing about here? What are you guys really upset about here? I, you know, if you're upset about the lack of communication on, on a football level, you know, with this whole thing, then that's fine. But if there's more to it, in some cases, it seemed like there was. Uh, that was a bit much. But either way, um, they're here now. They have a chance. And, you know, at least there's some sort of structure in place, we hope. But, I mean, like, we thought the same thing on August 10th or 7th or whatever it was. And then they changed back the next day. Can't imagine that'll happen this time. <laughs> but no guarantees, obviously, either, Austin, that this is actually going to happen. It, it, we'll still have to maintain, uh, you know, the Big Ten put out some some criteria for percentages and such about, um, you know, if, if a team, you know, I can't, I can't, I don't have the thing in front of me. If the teams, if teams are at X number of percent for positive yeah. testing, they have thresholds to shut down. Of, yeah, yeah thresh, thresholds for positivity levels. I think it, the, the first threshold is like below 2% for your team that's like you're a full go and then it goes up to five percent uh if, if you're above five percent then then you shut things down and you know those are the benchmarks that were missing the first time when people yes. were asking like okay what criteria are you using to decide whether you're going to play and now we do have that and that was mm-hmm. that was a big missing piece and you know there's going to be a lot of post-mortem done about how the big 10 handled this and and what they did right and wrong and you know, trust me, I am I am not here to <laughs> carry water for the Big Ten. Right. Uh, they they botched some things here, and these last five weeks have been hell. As yeah, they've been people bad. were upset about it uh, in in all different directions. But I will say, it's possible that even if they even if they took a meandering path to get there, that caused a lot of people to get upset. I think it's possible that the Big Ten ends up in as good a position as you can be in. You know, I think the the idea of we're going to wait and we're going to hold off on the highest risk activities like full contact and traveling on the road, uh, you know, the stuff you have to do if you're going to if you're going to play a season, if you say we're going to hold off on that until we have rapid daily testing available to us, that is a position that I think universally we can all look at and say, "Hey, that makes sense." And that's basically where they're at right now. And it's not how they intended to get here. Uh, it's It's been a, a tough road to get to this point. Uh, but when you look around 
at some other leagues and you see mm. teams that have had like half their roster test yes. positive, I think you got to say, you know, maybe the Big Ten didn't handle the messaging very well, but they ended up taking what seems like kind of a common sense conservative approach that is getting them back to the possibility of a fall season. Yeah, I think it's weird because it's like they didn't, they made some serious errors, obviously, like you said, at the very start of this. And I don't think we can even, I don't think we can even twist this into saying that this was their plan all along because I don't think that's fair to say at all, obviously. But no matter how you get there, you know, the fact that you're going to start, you know, from it's today is September 16th as we sit here and record this, this would give them about five weeks, four and a half, whatever. Um, to prepare and reasonably get themselves somewhat ready to play football in a live environment. And Jim Harbaugh, I know when you guys were out there and he was walking the other day or whatever it was a couple weeks ago, had said, give me two weeks or give us two weeks and we'll be ready. That that felt a bit much to me. That was yeah. a little tight. But the, the four and a half weeks, the five weeks that you're going to have here, you got to remember a couple things. These guys haven't been in full pads or hit live, live, live since January 1st, since the Citrus Bowl for Michigan. For other teams, it's the same thing. Unless you had a couple days uh, in spring before everything got shut down, you know, a couple teams did, that would be it. But even then, I don't know if ever, anybody got to hitting at that point. So you're going to have to be, have some time to get your bodies right. They have had some time over the last several weeks with the guys that have remained on campus uh, to work out and get themselves sort of back in shape to a degree. I mean, we saw, and we're seeing it right now in the NFL, Austin, the Lions, especially here in Detroit, so many hamstrings and groins and muscle pulls and guys, just their bodies, they did not have time. They had roughly, I, I think it was technically less than a month in pads with maybe two or three days of live hitting before they played an NFL football game. And it showed. I mean, guys were hurt. Guys were fighting through it. I mean, these are pro players who are grinding through this uh, because money's on the line, obviously. This is a different deal in college now. I mean, like the NCAA always takes, a, uh, you know, top-level precautions on acclimatization periods getting people's bodies back ready again, like we've talked about so many times before. This isn't like tennis or something, and no offense to tennis, but I mean, like, you can't just get yourself back in, like, wind shape, get back out there, swing the racket a few times, you know, get yourself back feeling the game, and and you can reasonably compete. This isn't that. I mean, your body has to go through a certain amount of uh, contact sort of training to get it ready to go through, you know, what equates to just three and a half hours of serious, serious impact on a Saturday. And this, I think, gives them a window to... I don't know if it's going to be perfect. I think it's going to be, I think we're going to see, unfortunately, probably more of those same type of stuff. I think we'll probably see some groins and hamstrings and muscle pulls and things like that. But hopefully with this extra amount of time that they're giving themselves now, you know, they'll have a chance maybe to get in reasonable health before a season actually starts. You said it right. There's a window uh, to make it happen, but it's not a real big window. I mean, you look at Wisconsin right now. Uh, Wisconsin's workouts are on pause. You know, they basically have to get back, uh, you know, for the start of their, their four week training camp or whatever, and not have any, any pauses if they're going to get the whole thing in. You know, you're kind of yeah. banking on everybody getting to a point where you can get through this without having to put it on pause because yeah, there is enough time to make it happen. Uh, but there's not enough time for everybody to be stopping and starting and still get that work in that, that you need to do. And you know, and that applies to the season too. I think one of the sort of perilous things about what the big 10 is trying to do, they're trying to play what eight games in, in eight weeks or yep. nine weeks. Like there's not time built into this schedule where if you need to postpone a game you can do it it's basically like you got one shot now 
to get through this. Uh, and that is a different thing from what they were talking about in yeah, August, you know, yeah. where they had built that schedule with flexibility to move games around. Well, you don't have that anymore. You're trying to play eight conference games, and then you're trying to play your crossover divisional games on the championship game weekend. Uh, and if teams, you know, if teams can't do it, if, if they have outbreaks, if they have to shut down, then you got to think those games just aren't going to be played. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's going to happen. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that if you had to poll me today, my guess would be is that we'll probably see uh, some of that. Uh, I would I would be surprised a little bit if they got through the whole thing without. But then again, I said this, uh, Chris Burke and I talked about this a ton. When the Lions got back on August 18th, I mean, the day we went in there for the first practice, I remember thinking, like, this is probably not going to work, right? <laughs> like, this yeah. is probably not going to make it. Like, they weren't even in. Like, I would expect the colleges will be in a more... You know, like at Michigan, you know, those guys will be in a more strict situation in terms of if you do anything outside of what we're telling you you can and can't do, you are out of here. Whereas in the NFL, you know, I mean, they tried to keep them, I mean, they weren't bubbled, but they tried their best, but there was no promises that, you know, a guy wasn't going to go home and just do whatever he wanted and get COVID and come back the next day and spread it around. I mean, it was no one knew. However, they made it. I mean, they made it to week one, and the numbers were great across the league. Everything mm-hmm. that we saw reported was good. Uh, they managed it. You know, I sat through a ton of practices and watched all that stuff happen. It looked like football practice to me. It wasn't overly – I mean, there was a lot of safety precautions that happened out there, but they become so much more normal when you see them, you know, over time. Everything's weird, but it's still football, and they made it through. So – That really started to give me some more optimism. I also wonder if that probably gave the Big Ten more optimism as well to see that the NFL was, in fact, sort of surviving that without, you know, huge outbreaks here or there or whatever it might have been. And nothing can promise anything for the future. But, you know, like you said at the top, Austin, I'm more optimistic today and I have been over the last week or two probably um, than I was at any point in the summer, uh, which is a good welcome change (laughs) (laughs) to feel like that once in a while. So hopefully we can get something. It's going to be eight eight games plus one, right? We get the the schedule comes out later this week. They haven't given any information on, you know, sites yet. Um, no no public ticket sales. It looks like they're just trying to figure out ways to get friends and family, possibly involved, uh, to be able to see these games or what have you. Um, but eight games plus a unique championship week is what they're calling it, I guess, to try to have some value to the season, but. Uh, it'll be a weird year uh, all the way around, but uh, it'll be something. And I guess for a lot of those guys who wanted that chance to sort of, you know, further their development as a player, to further their draft stock, whatever it might have been, this is that opportunity. And, you know, I mean, you're competing too. So there's a league title on the line. I don't know how the playoff is going to work one way or the other. Uh, this is also going to be really sloppy football, everyone. we're gonna, I'm going to say that today on uh, mm-hmm. September 16th. So when we get to October 24th and you're screaming and yelling because somebody missed a tackle, I think rem- remember this conversation because it's going to be interesting. But it'll be something. And, you know, for those guys, I, I think you have to be nothing but excited for it. Well, let's talk a little bit of football here and about the uh, the team that Michigan is hopefully mm-hmm. going to put on the field if, if this uh, schedule comes to fruition. So we already know for sure a couple guys who have uh, have opted out. Jalen Mayfield yep. uh, declared for the draft. I, ju- I just saw something from the free press that his dad says uh, he's definitely gone. Uh, yes. Ambry Thomas has declared. We think Ambry Thomas is definitely gone. Uh, also, some other, uh, some other names that are out there of guys uh, who haven't officially confirmed it. Uh, but but maybe headed that direction. Yeah. Uh, what what have you heard uh, about uh, about what this roster is going to look like when uh, when Michigan finally gets back to practice? Yeah, well, I don't think we'll know really. I mean, it's yet yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's something you know. I think Sam Webb wrote 
today, actually a little bit before we recorded this, and I'd heard something similar. I think others have too. That you know, Nico Collins possibly uh, opting out here. Dylan McCaffrey possibly as well as what Sam reported. So we'll have to monitor some of that stuff and see how it goes. And you know, the first question that got asked me today on Twitter was, you know, can some of these guys come back? And you know, my answer to that was, if you've signed an agent which I, I'm, a, I'm you know Jalen and Ambry Thomas have both done that and they're both training for the NFL, excuse me training for the NFL and have since moved to training facilities and things of that nature that's you know the semester has started so they're not in school like that's you know what I mean so like that's that's number one right there if you're not in school you're probably not gonna be on a college football team uh, with Nico I think that it was probably a, a similar situation where you're just gonna have to sort of watch it and see what happens and, and sort of weigh everything that that was why People wanted to know, are you going to play a season? Are you not going to play a season? So nothing will surprise me in terms of further opt-outs. I absolutely think we'll see more of that. Um, you know, maybe not just at Michigan, across the board in the league. Uh, you know, you could see some guys opting back in, in in other areas as well. If they haven't signed with an agent, I know that Ohio State, <laughs> the rich get richer, right? Ohio State, <laughs> Wyatt Davis, uh, I believe, called Gene Smith this morning during a press conference and said he was interested to maybe come back. He had just declared but I don't know if he signed an agent and same with uh, Sean Wade. So you might see some of that. I, I don't want to say anything official uh, on the Michigan stuff as we sit here today at 1230, whatever, because nothing has been finalized officially yet. Um, but, you know, there could be some moving parts on that. There there are guys that, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, Jalen Mayfield and Ambry Thomas, I think Jalen right away, right when this thing, I mean, he was, when they canceled on August 11th, I think, it was within days that he mm-hmm. announced his decision, but you knew, I mean, it was right then. I mean, he was moving forward with it. Uh, so everyone will make their own choice, and, and that's just going to have to be something that people sort of go through here in this situation. Everybody's going to have to understand those types of things. Um, you know, it won't maybe look exactly how you thought it was going to look when, when 2020 began, uh, obviously, <laughs> on the field and on the roster, but they'll have enough guys to go out there and play if, in fact, everyone's healthy one way or the other. So... Uh, we'll have to monitor that sort of thing as as this all kind of goes forward. I would expect a lot of that to trickle out uh, now that everyone knows, you know, what what the plan is. Uh, I would expect more of that to sort of trickle out in the days and weeks to follow. But um, you know, we'll see. Joe Milton's still out there chucking yeah. it around, right? So mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's encouraging, of course. Um, and then Michigan has obviously been, you know, terrific with the testing numbers um, all the way through. Right? I mean, it's been yeah. it's been low. It's been low. They've done what they're what. You know, the guys have done what they've been asked to do. Uh, they're optimistic. Um, so what's your sense sort of, I guess, Austin, from the program in terms of that sort of optimism, in terms of what they've been able to do uh, over the last several weeks here and even before that? Yeah, I wrote about that earlier this week about you know, the mindset that, that players have been able to maintain since that announcement came down. Because I don't think anybody would have blamed you know, a college football player for saying, all right, my season's canceled. Like, what am I doing here? You know, wh- why am I staying in my apartment, you know, 22 hours a day when I'm not yeah, out at the football right. facility? Like, why am I, why am I adhering to all of this? Uh, but, you know, for the most part, from, from what we've heard from, from players, they have managed to keep focused, uh, you know, continue to keep motivation to stick with this program even without the incentive of a season coming up, and I think that that could really, I think that that could really help them now because, you know, it, I think a lot of this Big Ten season is going to be dictated by a couple things. It's going to be dictated by a how many of your best players stick around and play, which you know we've seen some guys already go and some guys mm-hmm. you alluded to who who may be on the way. Uh, that's part of it. The other part of it is 
how healthy are you? Uh, right. Because it's not going to take much for some teams to have some, you know, some really significant roster issues. If you've got a whole position group in quarantine, that's that's a problem. Yeah. So, you know, looking purely at the football aspect of it, the teams that can navigate this uh, and stay healthy are going to be in the best position. And you know, Michigan's been on a on a good streak here, from what we've heard. You know, going the month of August without a positive test. That's a good thing. Uh, you know, you knock on wood a little bit because you know, nobody's uh, you know nobody's out of the woods, and you can't take anything for granted. But it does seem like the you know the protocols that Michigan has in place have, have worked uh, as well as as well as they can work. And you know, I I think that that does you know it, it gives you a chance. Um, and you know, I of the guys that you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, not a surprise if if Nico Collins ends up. Uh, yep. putting his focus on the draft it's probably what he should do yep. um you know dylan mccaffrey would be a little bit of a surprise if he's not playing just from the I standpoint so, that yes. you know, he was <laughs> one of the guys yeah. out front uh when the players were were marching you know and and saying let us play you know he was one of the guys uh who who was the leaders of that um but at the same time you know it, it makes sense in a way if you're a, a player uh you know who realizes that you know this may not be the best place for you it's kind of a free year you know there's no eligibility off your clock so you know you you could go and you know sit out your year and be ready to go next year um you know hard to say but i guess the takeaway from that would be if it is a situation where joe milton has emerged as the clear favorite in that quarterback competition in some ways you know Mm -hmm. that that tells you that maybe michigan has found a quarterback that they feel really good about yeah, and that, and you know that could be what we see, and I think we'll see more of obviously that as it goes forward. But you know, I think it's been buzzed for a little bit here that Milton had had a really nice summer, whatever version of that you want to call it, uh, when they were allowed mm-hmm. to get out there and throw the football around. I mean, everybody had been seemingly excited about that from from all word that uh, everyone had heard there. So we'll see how that all goes. We'll have more on, I guess, uh, how things are looking. Uh, once they put pads on and, and everything looks better. But obviously, we just mentioned a couple of those. We know for sure Mayfield will be gone. So, you know, it looks like, you know, possible Carson Barnhart time uh, at right tackle, which is super interesting. He was, uh, I think he was in the two deep last year as a true freshman. He got on the field a couple times, if I remember, in some, in some backup duty. He was a guy that um, I really liked. And it was, it was familiar a little bit in to the Mayfield recruitment, actually, because when you watched Mayfield's they're not the same player, but I mean, it was a familiar situation in that Mayfield was a super athletic kid who was probably a little undersized when uh, when he was in high school in terms of weight and then was immediately able to sort of bulk up, get powerful pretty quickly and keep his speed and athleticism and turn into a really, really positive uh, situation for him. And obviously, I think he's going to get drafted. Um, but Barnhart was kind of the same way. He was a light uh I want to say he was in like maybe even the 260s at the end of his senior year of high school because he played basketball and was actually a pretty good basketball player. Uh, really athletic kid, uh, got his weight up to over 300 pounds. I'm interested to see how that holds up. I'm interested to see you know how the offensive line in general holds up without Cesar you know Ruiz being in there. You're going to have a new left tackle and Ryan Hayes, obviously. Um, all that stuff. Uh, I think Michigan, though, with the fact that they. Didn't lose any staffers. Uh, I guess they did at the very... I'm trying to think all the way back. So you've, you've had Brian, Gene, Mary, and Bob Shoup here since the beginning of the year. 
Mm-hmm. Um, those are the only two new ones. Ed Warner's back. Everybody on offense is back in terms of staffing. There shouldn't be a massive learning curve in terms of trying to do something different or new. It's going to be challenging for teams to get their run games together, you know, because the offensive lines haven't been able to hit. They haven't been able to do anything. That's going to take some time. I would expect that to be choppy for everybody for at least the first half of this season, eight games, whatever it is. That's going to take a minute, but I would think that in Michigan's situation, even though you are replacing guys, maybe the maybe the curve lessens a little bit because you do have Ed Warner back, and he's been so good with development, and he knows all these guys that are on the roster. They're not new pieces. They know each other. That seems like it should be a positive. All those young receivers behind Nico Collins, if in fact he is moving on, have had all this time with Josh Gaddis. They know him you know, super well now, obviously. They know the offense. I think Michigan's in about as good a spot as you could – Reason offensively, reasonably ask in this situation based on continuity of staff, which we haven't seen over the years with Jim Harbaugh's staff, but they have had it here. I think that'll pay off for them. Defensively, they've got a lot of questions, and everyone's going to have a lot of questions defensively unless your roster has got 11 NFL players on it. Tackling is going to be an issue, all those things. That's going to have to be stuff that they iron out. But I, I, I do think Michigan's more than some other schools, if we look at Michigan State, Michigan State's got some problems here now to iron out in five weeks. They don't know anything about their roster in terms of <laughs> who can do what. Michigan, I think, is in, a, in an okay spot here. I guess we'll have to see. But I, 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 when I looked at it this morning and again and sort of tried to survey it in my mind, I was like, well, you know what? I, I think they have a chance to maybe, you know, cut down on some of that, you know, lag time or maybe the rust doesn't last as long because of the continuity. But I guess we'll have to see. I mean, it seems like it would be. Of, of a lot of the teams in the league, they should be toward the top of that list of you know teams that would have to be in a decent spot here. Yeah, I think there's some teams today that are really excited. Uh, yes. And, and yeah. some teams that are maybe trying to sound excited and deep down <laughs> thinking, you know. What are we going to do? Yeah, right. <laughs> I was okay with not playing football mm-hmm. this year. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll see how that all uh, shakes out. But Hey, we've got some stuff to talk about. We didn't yeah, think we, we didn't that. think we would, uh, but all of a sudden <laughs> now we've got four or five weeks here to get ready for a, a football season. So we will continue uh, to to podcast our way through that, yep. uh, the twists and turns leading up to uh, hopefully a start of the Big Ten season uh, on October 24th. So thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for coming back to the podcast. Uh, thanks for checking out the athletic. If you haven't already, update your athletic app because we've got some new features in there, including yeah, uh, a real time feature that is sort of like Twitter without all the uh, garbage <laughs> that you it's find way better Twitter. than Twitter. So uh, <laughs> check that out and uh, come back and uh, listen to us next week here on the RPM Podcast.